This is Colin, he has a problem He has a lot of DVDs and some of them he hasn't seen So he's gonna grab his son and they're gonna watch each one until the pile is empty These films are still under wraps, still under wraps Unwatched, unloved and still under wraps, still under wraps, still under These films are unwatched, unloved and still under wraps Hello dear listener and welcome to Still Under Wraps. My name is Colin and with me as always is my fellow film watcher, compadre and son, Thomas. Hi, hello. What you been up to? Um, a little more than usual. Yes, because you've had an extra day to do it. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, we apologise for the 24 hour delay in the release of this episode and Uh, recording of this episode. (laughs) But but still still not a, a whole lot, to be honest. Uh, uh, more Marvel, more Bond. Never Say Never Again is a film. I believe you had some extra hangers-on mm. to watch that with mm-hmm. you. Um, it's a film. Yep. Uh, I've been working on another paper around Blaseball. A little less formal than the other one, but but no less unnecessary. Um, uh, uh, John Boyce is a sports writer who also does some sports-related fiction, usually a little absurdist. I like his work, and he's uh, recently started putting out a sequel to a story that I liked of his. Um, and Neil Cicerega, uh, internet veteran and all-around nice all, guy, jack of all trades, um, has put out another mashup album, which I listened to earlier today. So that was a thing. It was. It, it certainly, there were lots of very interesting choices. Uh, some of which I agreed with, and some of which I definitely didn't. So, you know, it's, it's all right album. It all makes the world go round. Mm. Yes. Um, I have been off uh, gallivanting on the uh, far distant islands off the coast of Tasmania. Or at least one far distant... Well, one 15-minute ferry trip distant mm. from uh, Tasmania. Uh, Bruny Island and doing some walking there and enjoying the natural environment and taking photos and enjoying the company of a good friend who owns a shack there. And uh, yes, so that was the reason why the delay in this episode. I got home mid to late yesterday afternoon and I was exhausted. And yet you still asked me whether I was up to... (laughs) doing a recording yesterday i did still ask him and uh and i said why are you asking me your opinion seems far more important in this instance indeed indeed so uh boohoo i was a tired man so (laughs) um so with all of that out of the way and apologizing uh, deeply to our Dear listeners, uh, let's get on with things. Yes. With today's movie, 
a movie that was actually brought to my attention by a dear listener. Hi, Em. Thanks for that. A film that I'm most intrigued about because it is a book that uh, based on a book that I have on the shelf and I have read it a couple of times and was read to me when I was in year five by my year five teacher. And uh, it's uh, good stuff. Well, that is my recollection. It's been a while since I've read it. And uh, I've always thought that it would be make a good film, but no one ever did until M brought it to my attention that it now existed on celluloid, or in our case, DVD. And Thomas, what is the name of that film? The name of the film is I Am David. And Thomas, would you please, if you would, read uh, the plot synopsis off the back of the case in the language of the edition that I have purchased? Yes, I, I shall attempt to do so in my best Dutch Google translated into English. <laughs> Let's see how uh, Google copes with uh, the Dutch language. It I, should be pretty good. It's I a, think it, it, it's it's a reasonable done a good job language to translate. Yeah. With the help of fellow prisoner Johannes, 12-year-old David manages to escape from the Bulgarian concentration camp where he spent most of his life. David only has a piece of bread, a compass, and a sealed letter, which he must bring to Copenhagen as soon as possible. The bread is is absolutely vital. It must make it yes. all the way. Yes, he is not to eat it. Um, it must remain intact, that piece of bread. No nibbles along the edges. The bread must be intact. We follow the teenager on his spiritual journey, in which instinctual distrust of everything and everyone gradually gives way to trust, and ultimately to love. Oh, how special. So that is what we're watching. It is fresh off the shelf, or fresh out of eBay envelope. Uh, When I say fresh, it is also slightly bent, you'll probably notice. It, it is a little, yes. Yes, I, I almost did open the case to see whether the DVD had survived. I did give it a bit of a rattle and it seemed to be all right. I stuck it on the shelf between uh, a good row of discs to try and straighten the case a bit. And it, it certainly appeared better than it was when I took it out of its uh, jiffy bag. So, so there's some excitement afoot now as Thomas opens... Unseals, unwraps, uncelluloses the DVD case to find out whether the contents are, in fact, watchable. If not, uh, this is going to be a short episode. And he opens the case. It looks like a digital versatile disc. It does. And he's going to take the disc out of the case... He's going to put it into the machine. We're going to watch it and find out whether all of the excitement and pent-up energy that uh, abounds within me is for good or for naught. And we'll catch you on the flip side. Turn to side B. And I do not know how to say mongrel in Dutch. Hold on. Hang on. Nah. Nah. There is no word for mongrel in Dutch. Oh, there is. It's mongrel. 
It's not. What is it? No, I'm not going to say it. Oh, it's rude, is it? It's it's a bit rude in English. Oh. <laughs> Give me a look. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> really? Mm. Well, there we go. Bastard. <laughs> oh, oh, you said it. That's with a double A, too. <sighs> Taken from his family as a child. My parents, do you know what they were like? Where we were from? Yeah, I don't know your parents. For a boy named David. This is all we know. It may help you find her. Only the distant memory of his mother. I love you, David. And the lessons of a friend. This is your journey. But I don't even know who I am. Do whatever you can to stay alive, no matter what. Will give him the strength. What am I looking for? There are places where the world is good. To make an impossible journey. You must escape from here tonight. It's your only chance to stay alive. Lionsgate Films and Walden Media are proud to present an extraordinary story of courage. I need to get to Italy. When we're close to shore, I lower you overboard. You can swim to land. Once you arrive in Italy, travel north until you reach Denmark. What this? Give me that. Adventure. My friends won't talk to you. I just want to know who you are. And the power of hope. Is it nice to have a family? I like it. Would you have a family? I don't know. Do you know which way is north? If you need a place to stay the night, you're very welcome to stay here. From the inspiring bestseller by Anne Holm. If there's something troubling you, I'd very much like to help you if I can. I want to tell you everything, Sophie, but I can't. I just want you to know that you're safe here and that everything will be all right. Introducing Ben Tibber. And starring Golden Globe winner and Academy Award nominee Joan Plowright, Marie Bonnevie, and Jim Caviezel, all alone, discovering a world he's never known, a boy who would never stop searching for home. I am David. I know David. I know. I am David. Welcome to the What's on the Shelf Corrections segment. Say what? So, uh, we, we've said that uh, the watching of this film was prompted by a, a previously scored What's on the Shelf submission. Right. And previously, it scored zero, and it getting onto the shelf afterwards does not bring it up no. from zero. Mm-hmm. However, I have seen this film before. Oh, have you? I have, yes. Oh. I could not remember having seen this film before, but I have seen this film before, and I'm pretty sure I've read the book too. My goodness. Well, and there we go. this would have been relatively early high school, yes, I think. Yes, that would, that would certainly fit in with... Uh... Uh, based on the surrounds that I remember being in when I was reading this book. Ah, huh. Because I'm pretty sure it was on a shelf in the English room. Yep. Because 
at that stage you were expected to do some amount of reading that wasn't <laughs> structured in any way. The book was there, I'd seen the film. Things happen. Uh, so which which order do you think? Uh, film you, first. Film I'm first. Sure. And film first at, uh, at school? At school, yes. Which is why we're in the still the the what's on the shelf correction segment because this submission rightfully scores one one and not zero points absolutely so an adjustment for M for one point when you read the uh, the Dutch to English translation did it ring any bells then no okay well fair enough all right so even if you'd read the plot synopsis last week. It wouldn't have. Mm. Uh, We now return you to your regular post-film discussion segment. (laughs) Okay. So, what did you think? I thought that was quite good. (laughs) It was. Um, For all its failings. I'm I'm still teary. So, it it got the effect that it it actually surprised me that uh, I got so emotional at the end. And so, it... Uh, did what it intended to do at that point. I found there were many parts of it that were quite pedestrian in their production. Um, the, the scripting was um, quite stilted and and part of me wonders whether it was... I was looking at the credits and... Um, there were a lot of, I think, Bulgarian names, uh, and it was filmed in Bulgaria. And possibly a lot of the English-speaking cast, English possibly wasn't actually their first language. And so they they basicified the, the scripting um, because a lot of it was uh, delivered quite stiltedly, I felt. And I... And it jarred with the actual acting ability of the actors. So, so there was something, something hinky going on there. And well, here we go. Okay, you've here's, got an explanation. Here's some film reading. We are listening to these people through David. Yeah. Who, who, who knows quite a bit of... The languages he's hearing. Yes. But won't necessarily have a perfect understanding. Mm. Yeah, no, that doesn't work for me. Didn't, didn't, because we're hearing the actors speak. We're hearing what they're saying. Um, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So it's become very visual here. So I am having. <laughs> we're on the boat to Italy. Yes. The, the the man comes over, and he is speaking Italian. Yes. And as he is speaking Italian, we hear that crossfade to David hearing it in quote unquote English. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. I, I can hear where you're coming from. It didn't work for me. It's That's still also okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, it, it just... And, and 
there, there were certainly ways that uh, that they could so much have taken more advantage of the the scenery it, it was sh- shot in places extremely pedestrianly um i mean that that's coming from someone who only has a a vague experience with shooting things uh himself but um it, it just there were so many wasted opportunities I felt um, not not to make it lavish or anything like that, but uh, there were a lot of locked off camera shots um, with dialogue between people, and it was it sometimes felt as if conversations were being held between two people um, at two different times. It wasn't even filmed at the same time. Um, and I, I'm just trying to think. It was the baker. The scene with the baker talking to the kid, um, both the camera was locked onto him, uh, onto the baker, and then it would cut to the camera locked on David, and then back to... It it just felt like they were, for a lot of that, they weren't actually in the same room together. Um, It it, it just jarred a little bit. Um, All of that being said... Its heart was well and truly in the right place. I, I got the feel of the book, and I think, importantly, it aimed the film at the same level that I think the book is aimed at. I had an interesting experience recently watching um, the Alex Ryder series, and I think in a lot of ways the the TV series has been aged up to mm. the generation of kids uh, who read that when it first came out and are now more mature. It and that was that was jarring and would have been jarring for someone who the target age that the Alex Ryder books are for, if they were reading it now, and then thought, oh, it's it's on a streaming service, I can watch it now, that um, target audience jump, I think, would have been jarring. I think it was a very intelligent move to... Uh, well, I mean, the book is, uh, of I Am David has been out for, for many, 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 many years. Um, it would have been 79 that I, I had it read to me in, in grade five. There we go. I'm aging myself here. The, the, the book's from 1963. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I certainly um, remember uh, my grade five teacher reading from a book that was well and truly worn, even at that stage. So the idea of amping it up to aim at its original target audience would, <laughs> would be ridiculous. But it was now a classic. Uh, I mean, e- even when it was read to me, it was a classic. The fact that it was on your library shelf and it was shown to you in English um, continues to uh, display to me that um, it is a well-regarded and well-respected um, book. But because it was a classic by the time that it was made into a film, um it was the obvious choice to aim it at the same target audience rather than do what they did with um, Alex Ryder. 
Mm. Certainly by the by the time that um, the older lady that is it Cartwright? Uh, Sophie played by Joan Plowright. Plowright, okay. Um, who, who's a well-regarded actress, and English is her native language. Certainly, the way that she spoke, she was speaking her dialogue, written or and and presented, was a lot less uh, simplified, I thought, than all of the other actors, and I fully. <laughs> I don't know. I. Uh... I don't think I had the problem with the dialogue that you did. Yeah, all right, okay. fair enough. Um, I was impressed with how short a time she and David spent together on screen, but for a relationship to develop that that was quite believable. Yeah, I'm nodding. I'm nodding. Yes, Thomas I'm nodding, is nodding, and it's not coming across on the microphone yes. at all. Yes, Thomas is nodding. Um, yes. So basically, once it got to that, uh, to meeting up with her, um, I think I settled in a lot more, and and at, a, at exactly the right time too, um, because the the emotion, all the, the the lines were were meeting, and you know the the conclusion was well and truly coming, well and truly staying on the shelf. Sorry, you were, what were you going yes. to say? I, I, I want to come around to a, a, a couple of points. You, you, talking about Alex Ryder, and and I think I agree on the point that it has been aged up, but not, not quite to the degree that you're suggesting. It, it feels more like one of the later Alex Ryder books okay. than having been... Yeah. Aged from there yeah. because Point Blank was what the second early two thousand yes yeah so two thousand and one okay so one of the original stories being mm. reinterpreted uh, for the current mm. period of um, okay fair enough and and I think kids these days can handle a bit oh, more oh absolutely but um, it it. In a lot of ways, it felt like it didn't really know who it was aiming at. I felt um, mm. th- th- there were some scenes that uh, were, I felt, aimed at its original target audience, and some that aimed. It was sort of scattershot in places and, and jarring in places. Anyway, we're, we're not really talking about <laughs> no. Alex Ryder, though. Not not that much. No. no. Uh, second point. The film is a relatively faithful adaptation of the book, but there is a plot beat in the book between Sophie and getting to Denmark. See, that's what I thought too. Sophie is basically uninvolved in David becoming reunited with his mother in the book. Yep. Um, a, a picture in her house is what sets David to thinking, oh, 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 that's my mother, isn't it? Ah, yes, okay, that's that's why I'm going to... Got it. And then he continues north, and winter arrives. 
Good. Okay. So, uh, uh, you, as as I said, it's been a while since I've read it, and but there were voids that that were were in my head that I thought that there was a winter involved. So and and he spends some time trapped on a farm. Yes. Working for yes. a farmer. A, a, a somewhat unpleasant farmer. I. I would assume so. Yes. It's uh, it it has been some time since I've read the book and I only read it once. Yep. But um um but he eventually escapes and arrives in Denmark quite quite a bit more tired. Yes. Than with the the end of the film and knocks on the door and and Basically collapses in his mother's arms. Good. Okay. Good. Because th- that was my vague rec- recollection of it too. I certainly didn't remember a plane flight. An but, in- interesting choice of. But apart from that, yeah, it does pretty much hit all the beats. Yep. I mean, it's not a particularly long book either. It's a, a case of uh, choosing what you remain faithful to, what bits you leave in, what bits you leave out. Another one around the same period that that springs to mind is um, the John Christopher Tripod Trilogy, post-alien invasion story that's uh, set in England and a very much favourite series of books of mine growing up and then the BBC did an adaptation of it, and there as was they, as they liked to do at the time. Yes, um, they didn't complete it. They only <laughs> only sort of got halfway through it, and they also made weird choices as far as um, expanding certain places and uh, that weren't anywhere near as long in the book, uh, but also shrinking other things down. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting conundrum that. I guess any filmmaker has to make as to what gets left in and what gets left out. I mean, the Harry Potter series is a, a classic example uh, there of, um, and certain directors have done it extremely well and others not so much, but that's a story for another day. Um, <laughs> and and now I'm thinking that at some point I should probably rewatch the BBC Chronicles of Narnia. Okay. Yes. But that's for another time. That is for another time. But also another good example of adaptations done good, bad, or indifferently. Um, Okay. Do you have anything else you wish to add about uh, I Am David? No, I think that's it. I think I've got everything that I wanted to say out there. Yep. Um, I confess that one thing that I didn't have right in my mind was when it was actually set. I f- thought it was sort of within World War II era, but uh, 1952 it was set, which made me suddenly realise that uh, if he was 12 then... He would have been only 28 when I was born. (laughs) The book doesn't say all that much about 
the the exact time period yep. or even about where it starts. Yes. From context clues, you can work out that it's roughly Bulgaria, but yeah, um, and it it makes reference to them as the people keeping them there and yes. gives a rough estimate for when they came into power. Yeah. All right. So, yep, staying on the shelf, and thanks again to M for uh, bringing that to my attention. Um, if only Thomas had told me years ago that... <laughs> I couldn't remember. No. no. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's move on. What's on the shelf? Battle Royale. We've got a lot of suggestions. Got to get through them now, or at least some of them. We've got to work that out. What's on the shelf? Battle Royale. Okay, so how many do we have, Thomas? There are... 58. That number is getting smaller. That number is getting smaller. And with the number of episodes left, we divide the number of episodes left by... Uh, we, we we add one, because there's the last episode. Yes. Got a, it, Yes, it, it, it all works out. Uh, the, I'm sure it does. Yes, it does. I, I, I have it all figured out. Uh, are you thinking yeah, what yeah. I'm thinking? I can... I can see, I can see the patterns. Okay. There's so how many are we going to choose from that 50? Squares. Squares. How many? Uh, we're going to be choosing seven of the 58. Okay. Let's just race through those seven and see what damage we can do. Uh, would you roll the randomizing random randomometer? Powered by random.org's random integer set generator. Number one is number one. Is number one, yes. Adam. Hi, Adam. Suggests. Is that Adam W? Uh, no. That's Adam F. That is Adam F. Hi, Adam F. Who I don't... A faithful listener, but uh, <laughs> uh, irregular contributor to this segment. In fact, I think this may be his one and only. It very well might be. At at the moment, the auto-intabulator is saying zero points. And this won't change, <laughs> uh, because he has suggested Prayer of the Roller Boys. Ah, that, that, that great movie that I made a comment of about um, concerning something. Didn't I? Didn't I write something about that? Uh, Corey Hine? Oh, yes. So... That that puts it into a time context that uh, both Adam and myself are well familiar with, unlike the film that I am not well familiar with. Uh, we, we are a few years apart in age, and I think that made the difference in me not seeing it. And Thomas, you have not seen it. It's no. not on the shelf. But a great choice, Adam. And I do encourage you to... To uh, there's still a chance, Adam, that that you could uh, place a little higher on the leaderboard. So take that as an encouragement. Okay. As as in place on the leaderboard. Yes, <laughs> place on the leaderboard. Yes. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, also scoring zero points. 
Uh, Todd. Hi, Todd. Suggests Manchester by the Sea. Yes. Haven't seen it. At number 26, M. Hi, M. Suggests Spirited Away. Which is a very, very easy three points. A very easy three points there. I'm somewhat disappointed that it's not on Blu-ray, but at the time that I started collecting them, A, I don't think I had a Blu-ray player, and B, here in Australia, until they started streaming it, it's quite expensive to get your hands on it. It's distributed uh, well and truly well um, presented, uh, and usually with uh, a decent amount of extras, but at a price premium. Uh, the Studio Ghibli stuff. What are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do? Write a madman? Yes. Win stuff? <laughs> I could win stuff from Madman. Again? Again, yes. All right. Oh, earning three points. You're doing but, things backward here, Thomas. You're confusing me. Not the usual way. Okay. Helen. Hi, Helen. Suggests Top Gun, <laughs> which which I've not seen. Thomas has not seen Top Gun. However, it is on the shelf. I have seen it, and it's on Blu-ray. Uh, a fairly recent purchase, um, I think, from JB in a bargain bin, and I said, "What the heck!" Immediately following that, we ride the roller coaster back down to the. The, the very low points. I was doing my head in, Thomas. You're doing uh, things all the wrong way. You want fast, you get fast. <laughs> M scores zero points for Godzilla Final Wars. There are a lot of Godzilla films. There are a lot of Godzilla they, films. Uh, they do keep making them. Yes, and I have seen some of them. But still not most of them. No. No. <laughs> Number 48... Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Scores zero points for the Animatrix. <laughs> uh, uh, the, 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 the comments were going through a phase. They, they were. They were. And uh, they're reaping what they sow here. Hmm. They certainly are. <laughs> and finally, at number 53, Helen. Hi, Helen. Scores... Two points for the day the Earth stood still. Did we establish which version? Uh, that it it isn't marked here, so I believe, seeing as you entered the the uh, reasoning into the database, that we're being oh no, we, we did, did establish ask. on Facebook. Yes, and presumably you entered the reasoning based on that discussion. Yes. I think Helen was completely unaware that there was a uh, a second version, so it was referring to the first version from memory. So, that has done stuff to the leaderboard, no doubt. Probably. Um, uh, I'm looking at it now, and oh, Lee's, Lee's still on top. Lee, it's, it's closing. Lee didn't even come up in today's episode. The auto-entabulator worked. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I'll edit that out. The auto-entabulator has no responsibility for which films <laughs> are selected from the list, and fortunately, neither does he. Okay. So, well done, everyone. Uh, please 
you've still got a chance to cause ripples and uh, confusion and delays. At present, there are eight episodes remaining. Bum, bum, bum. Take advantage of those eight episodes and, uh, and vote. Uh, uh, sorry, I mean contribute. <laughs> vote. Vote. Go. <laughs> vote and, and contribute. And vote. Uh, Depending on how things pan out, there may be less than eight episodes. Okay. But eight is the number we're currently going with. All right. Speaking of episodes... Yes? Here we are at uh, 0326. 0326. We are. Which is the point where... Uh, normally, our season would end. And I I think it still should. You do? Because, like, limited renewals are a thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you're wanting a break, are you? N- no, no, that's not what he said. He just wants to have the numbers look good on yeah. the, uh, the podcast. We, so we, next we can week, have an epilogue series. Next week, when we return, next week... It will be season... Four. Four. Well, series four. Series four. Episode... uh, Sorry, uh, yes. Episode one of currently... It'll be 4.1. Eight. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We have not discussed this. Thomas is... uh, We are having this discussion live to take. (laughs) (laughs) And look, I agree with you here. Thomas, I, I think uh, for neatness and uh, lining up things and making things look in order and what have you, it will be 4.1 next week, uh, which leaves us hanging as far as um, what are we going to be watching next week? It does. Shake the phone and pick a film and then we'll watch the film next week. So, Thomas, would you please do the honours and give that oversized phone a shake? Okay. So, there's a myth. Myth? There's, there's a myth. Yes, myth. That if you take a book and attempt to burn it, the temperature at which it will burn is... 451 degrees Fahrenheit. It is. Next week... It's a myth. It is a myth. But next week... We will be watching the 1966 film Fahrenheit 451. Directed by... Francois Francois Truffaut. 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 Yes. French name. It is. I think it's his first English film. I'm sure Thomas will tell me whether I'm making it up. Don't know. I'd, <laughs> I'd have to dig deeper. And who has time for that? Who's even listening now? <laughs> Everyone only listens to the scores, the, the uh, what's on the shelf segment. No one else listens to anything else. No, I'm kidding. That is not true. <laughs> in In who has time for things news... I did successfully reduce the number of tasks 
that I have to complete after an episode from three down to two, because now the leaderboard is automatically updating from the auto-intabulator. Ah, excellent. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Good. Uh, I do still need to make sure the rows are in the right order. Uh, but in other good news, I've already done the cover You've art. You've done the cover art. Wow. So I can uh, wrap up here and start editing straight away, which I probably should do because it's sitting at 45 minutes. So. Oh, <laughs> yes. You know, we we talked about corrections. We talked about nostalgia. We talked about Alex Ryder. You attempted to change the format of how we go through uh, the What's on the Shelf segment. Which Successfully. Will, which will revert back to its normal uh, well, it's... Uh, cliffhanger uh, methodology. Now, now and... hold on. <laughs> hold on. The, the point. <laughs> One of the points. One of the points of switching to Battle Royale. Was that we just rapid fire? Rapid fire. Yeah, but you didn't have to change it all around. We could still rapid fire at the same speed. Oh. <laughs> I I talked probably too much about media that I enjoy. Yeah, and I'll probably continue to talk about some of it next week. And you know we. Dragged out the ending. Yeah, uh, we arguing. did. We did. Which explains why we're now 47 minutes. <laughs> Which will all be edited out and trimmed down to a nice, neat... 49. 49-minute episode. Because <laughs> we add the music. Add uh, yes. <sighs> dear listener, thank you for being a dear listener. We're glad that you could join us and we... We admire you greatly for getting this far and enduring to to the bitter end. Um, we hope that you will do so again next week when we watch Fahrenheit 451. On the home straight. That's right. And until then, we'll catch you next time. Bye. You have been listening to Still Under Wraps. Your hosts were Colin, who produces and edits the show, and Thomas, who makes the artwork and music. Still Under Wraps is recorded in the Deranged Cat Studios in scenic Tasmania, Australia. Movies are selected at random through My Movies, an excellent piece of movie collection software. You can find links to that, as well as our quote-unquote blog and our Facebook group, in the show notes. Still Under Wraps is a Hi Hello production. So, so can we go to the rap party now? Is, um, uh, I hope there are little nibbles, you know, the, the little chopped up bits of cabana um, and the cheese and the little biscuits. I, I don't know if we've actually prepared anything for the rap party.
Hmm. And then we're all out of tortillas too. Oh. So I guess just just a regular party. You have tapas? I'm not. I don't think so. I don't even know what they are. What are tapas? Tapas. Well, well welcome to the post credits. <laughs> Where? That shows what a uh, a philistine I am. I have no idea what tapas are. Okay. So. Mm-hmm. Tapas is an appetizer or snack in Spanish cuisine. He says, reading the Wikipedia article, (laughs) which continues. Tapas may be cold, such as mixed olives and cheese, or hot, such as chapitos, which are battered, fried, baby squid. Uh... In some bars and restaurants in Spain and across the globe, tapas have evolved into a more sophisticated cuisine. Tapas can be combined to make a full meal. In some Central American countries, such snacks are known as bocas. In parts of Mexico, similar dishes are called batanas. Wow. The word tapas is derived from the Spanish verb tapar to cover, a cognate of the English top uh, and oh so entree top is that what it's no as, as in top of the menu with oh, a, topped with a lid okay right I feel like what we're talking about here is just just some some stuff yeah it's just some some snack so, food. So this is where we sort of I've I've never faded out uh, segment, but this sounds like an ideal opportunity oh, yeah. to up the ante and just fade this thing out because it just it didn't really go anywhere. It seems to be the type of thing that would be quite appropriate for this. It still isn't going anywhere. No, this is a very slow fade out. It really is a slow fade out. Goodbye, dear listener. I don't. Why, why are you making your voice quiet? Uh, I don't know. You you can do that in the edit. Oh, that's right. I am. Our voices are going to sound totally out of whack. Oh, what? Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm hitting the stop yeah, button. Yeah, please. <laughs> why, why are we still going? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just enjoying your company, Thomas. I think that's what it is. <laughs> it's a good thing we have stuff beyond these these last eight weeks. Bonding moment. A James Bonding moment. Okay.